welcome to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast. My name is Megan Skidmore, and I work with LGBTQ plus families of a conservative faith background who feel their world has been turned upside down. I created this podcast with the goal of normalizing asking questions and having doubts, not just in a faith journey, but in all areas of life. I help my clients connect with their inner wisdom and move forward in their journey with confidence, clarity, and compassion. Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar. He said, my faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of his vision. Welcome, everybody, to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast. I am so happy for each of you to get to know my my dear friend, Samantha. This is the first time having her on the podcast. We met last year, yes, I believe. And I was so impressed with you as a coach and your niche and your enthusiasm mm. and your story. And so I'm just thrilled to have you here today on my podcast. So to get started, I would want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you, Megan. It's so good to be here. I really appreciate this opportunity to catch up and visit on something that's really important to both of us. I am Samantha Nielsen. I'm a divorced mother of three. I'm an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is a conservative faith. And I am a certified life and divorce coach. So I deal with a lot of dynamic issues that are sometimes very heavy and sometimes very liberating as people are figuring out how they want to move forward during divorce. Mm -hmm. That is my specialty. Ah, So I would love if you could take a minute and just share a bit of your journey of how you got to be the life and divorce coach. I mean, you've already shared with us that you did experience that. But can you share a little bit about that journey? Absolutely. I was married for 25 years. And as with all marriages, there were ups and downs and ups and downs. But there came a point where things felt really difficult. And I happened to have come into the coaching space and I was a student of the coaching space. And by becoming acquainted with the practices and the work of self-coaching, it really turned a light on for me. It really turned on this light that helped me to recognize that I deserve to experience happiness and that my life deserved to be full and joyful. And that's when I was able to pause and ask myself what I really wanted. What did I really want? And in that moment, I made some hard decisions. I made some hard decisions for myself and took that time to really analyze where I was at and where I wanted to go. From that point forward, I continue to work on my self-healing and getting more acquainted with what was true for me. And I got certified, of course, as a life and divorce coach. And then shortly thereafter, my divorce took place and proceeded. Okay. I didn't realize your certification happened prior. Yes. Yes, it did. About how many years have you been coaching then? Five. I was certified in 2018. 2018. 
Yes. And initially I just started in this space of general life coaching and in fact, weight loss coaching as well. And then I had to take a a small pause to handle my own divorce matters. And when I returned back to my work, I was eager to engage in supporting men and women who are going through the divorcing process Mm -hmm. or just beyond their divorce. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago, you are a current member participating member of the LDS faith. Yes. So I would love to share how that, I know for me, when I began what I call my pivot in my faith journey, Mm -hmm. it was shortly after I found out that my kiddo identified as LGBTQ+, reconciling a conservative faith with something that is very much outside of traditionally what is considered the norm Mm-hmm. is a very distinct and unique and often lonely place. Yes. So I would love to hear more about what that was like for you, trying to reconcile those two things. Or maybe you didn't, maybe you just carved your own way forward. It's a really good question. And, you know, it can feel like polar opposites. The LDS faith is a conservative faith, and it's a very family-based, traditional faith mm-hmm. that has quite a traditional framework in place. So I think anytime anyone experiences something that's slightly outside of the norm, there's a lot of concern and worry. And they wonder, how am I going to fit into this still if I am pursuing divorce, if I am divorced, or my child is struggling with their identity? How am I still going to be able to fit into this place? So there was some discord there. Absolutely. And it took time. It took time and exploration for me to come into this place of peace that I still belong. I still belong. And that quite frankly, our faith-based community needs diversity. Mm -hmm. It needs strong, shining examples of what all of God's children look like. So coming into that space, as I mentioned, it took time. It took a lot of introspective work. It took prayer. Mm -hmm. It took tears and lots of (laughs) journaling and and moments of struggle and and contemplation. And I realized, you know what? I am better by being there than not being there. First and foremost, it's it's our service to me. And I have so much to offer that's still going to bless the lives of others. They need to see me participating and they need to feel of my spirit and know of who I am Mm -hmm. because we all matter. We all matter. You have said some really important things that I want to circle back on. Sure. You mentioned that you had to make some hard decisions. Yes. Right. And you eventually came to this place of peace, deciding that our faith needs diversity. Yes. So then ensued time, perspective work, that sort of thing, came to this this realization that you were there by being there versus not being there. So yes. Was there a time that you considered maybe stepping away or taking a break? When you say I decided I was being there, that to me alludes to an idea that maybe you considered stepping away. Well, it's interesting. I had to decide why I was really going. Okay. Why am I still participating? And what is the value there that I find for myself? 
And to sit on the sidelines and to isolate would have been a really easy answer. It would have been a really easy out, especially because oftentimes I showed up by myself and I wasn't in this nuclear family. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ever considered fully leaving just because I've had so many testimony building experiences on a personal level that have assured me of God's awareness of who I am and his love. But I did have to choose to say, I am here for me. I am showing up in this faith-based congregation, in this structure and practice for me. And first and foremost, that's what matters most. Anyone else's opinion about who I am and what my life looks like is their opinion. And quite frankly, it doesn't bother me. Not anymore. (laughs) There were times and moments when I, I did worry about what other people would think. But now I am so beyond that. And I feel so confident and so comfortable in living my life exactly as I need to live it because it's a blessing to me. So I think that's wonderful, right? That it's so healthy and empowering that you decided you were there for you. Yes. And for those that maybe decide taking a break or taking a step back for a while, that could be in alignment for them, right? Absolutely. Yes. So I appreciate that you emphasized you did it for you. You decided what was best for you Mm -hmm. in that time and in that space in your family. Yes. You just said the opinion of others doesn't bother me, at least not anymore. (laughs) Can you share a little bit more about that and what you mean by that? And then how did you get to this point? Yes. We worry a great deal as humans. We worry a great deal about what other people think about us. And quite frankly, it's beyond our control. We never have control about what anyone else thinks about us. And I had to recognize that people were going to hear things. They were going to visit and chat. Quite frankly, they were going to gossip. Let's just call it what it is. And I had to be okay with the fact that they could be wrong about me. And I still was right about me. And that my opinion of myself and God's opinion of me were the only opinions that truly mattered at the end of the day. Do I want my children's approval? Of course. Do I want their opinion to be positive of me? Of course. But they weren't in that marriage. They did not live day in and day out in the relationship that I did. And so truly the only ones who ever really know the truth about a situation are the people who are directly involved and God. And so I had to kind of set my own insecurities aside and recognize that, you know what? Yes, people are going to talk. That's what they do. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I look in the mirror and I know exactly who I am. I put my head on the pillow and I know exactly who I am. Yeah. And I I don't base my value upon their judgments and their opinions. I have experienced that too, Samantha. Yeah. And that is the magic of coaching. Yes both having a coach, because sometimes we just cannot get outside of our own tingle of thoughts. Yes. And and emotions. Sometimes it's just this spaghetti bowl that Mm -hmm. we're this meatball in the middle and just can't find our way out of it. Yes. And so that's why it's so not just helpful. It's, it saves your, your mental health that it, helps you in your emotional and your spiritual health, which is also connected to your physical health. Mm -hmm. And one thing I have loved is having a coach who taught me how to coach myself too, which is also a gift. Yeah. Yeah, It really, it really preserves our peace. 
it does. when we are able to let go of giving time and attention and energy to what other people may or may not think, it really preserves our peace. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, our time and energy, they are limited resources. They are. Our wellness, it's a limited resource. And I can't afford yeah. to spend it in mindless and useless ways. Yes, agree. And saving our peace is is really, it's another way of saving, saying you're reserving that mental and emotional energy to yes. in ways that you choose, ways that you deem would be more, serve you in a better way. I agree. Right? Yes. So for those who maybe are new to the podcast, mm-hmm. you may not have heard me say this. For those of you who aren't, you have, I created this podcast with the goal in mind of normalizing, having questions and just asking them and allowing doubts that come up, particularly in a faith journey, but there's many places that this can come up for us. Traditionally, there is a lot of shame in religious communities, in faith communities associated with asking questions, questioning what is considered to be the status quo, questioning what is considered to be the one way to do things, to live, to be, to speak, right? Yes. And a lot of shame attached with having doubts like that mm-hmm. alludes that that insinuates that you're less faithful or you're not a true believer of some kind. And I have found it means none of that unless I'm choosing to believe it, which I'm in a place where I don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I would love to hear you share about when you have had questions come up for you related to your journey and doubts and you know were you resistant at first how did you get over that resistance if so how did you lean into them are you still trying to lean into them right just if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that i know yeah. i would love to hear it and i know our listeners would too you bet you bet i think anyone who says that they don't experience doubts is probably either lying or they're in denial <laughs> i agree we all have doubts it is yes. part of our human experience and it's it can be a healthy thing because it can help us to clarify where we stand on issues. It can help us to grow and make stronger connections. And it can help us also to eliminate things that aren't working in our life. And you mentioned earlier, sometimes people need to take a pause or step back from a religious framework, a religious practice. And do I think that there's shame in that? No, I don't. I think that God absolutely understands that we are figuring this out one day at a time. And it doesn't mean that we are less faithful, less worthy, less religious or connected to our Father in heaven and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean anything like that at all. What it means is you're trying to find, you're trying to align your compass. You're trying to get back in alignment with your compass and what is right for you. I did have doubts throughout my years. And I don't know that I would say necessarily within church principles or church doctrines, but I had doubts about if I were to pursue divorce, would I be offending God? That was one of my big worries, Mm -hmm. um, one of my big concerns. And I didn't want to do something that was in offense to God. And there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of importance placed on marriage 
and especially in LDS temple marriage. And so that weighed very heavily on my mind. Right. I'm and sure. it's something that I struggled with a lot. And it's a it's quite frankly one of the reasons why I stayed as long as I stayed. I then came to the realization oh. that as a divine child of God, he cared more for my happiness as his daughter, as Samantha, than he did for my marital status. I would never want my children to stay in a situation where they felt trapped, unhappy, incomplete, stagnant, yeah. despair, if they were to feel utter despair. I would never want one of my kids to be in that kind of situation. And I came to this realization that God didn't want me to experience those things or feel those things with my life and my journey either. And that's when I was able to reconcile things and realize he loves me more as a child and an individual person and a growing daughter here experiencing my mortality than he does with this label of being married or not married. I appreciate you being so open about that. That strongly held belief, very important belief, mm-hmm. foundation belief in our faith, that of the doctrine of marriage. And for you to be able to go to this place of realizing, am I going to offend God? Is yes. this going to affect my core relationship with my divine parents, you know, with my this belief in the divine, mm-hmm. that is a very brave thing to do. Yes. To be able to acknowledge, okay, I know that this is what I've been taught and for many it works, but for me, this is what aligns. This yes. is what feels right for me and I cannot deny it. True. And it's interesting because I tell people all the time, individuals who choose divorce, They just don't wake up one day and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of this partner. I'm going to choose divorce. People who pursue divorce have exhausted every option. They have circled back around to explore all the solutions with great effort and great commitment and great conviction. Yeah. And it really isn't until they have exhausted all the options, they finally both say, you know what? It's time to wish you the very best and part ways. And because I coach divorce clients and I speak to a lot of divorcees, I can assure you, this is not a decision that is made lightly. It comes with a a great deal of consideration and prayer and thoughtfulness and time. And it, it really is something that people give a lot of attention and priority to because it's impacting others. It's not just themselves. It's not just me as a mother. It's my children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's my extended family. It's my children's extended family. Yeah. It's my friendships. It's my partner. And so these decisions are not reached with carelessness. No. And for many, it can even feel heavy for a little while. And I'm yes. I'm certain that's where all of the work and the introspection and the coaching came in for you. It's a yes. process. And yes. it does take a lot of time, like you said. Even when it's the right decision, it's still a very Sad it doesn't mean it's a difficult decision. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, sometimes those are the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> to lean into. I appreciate so much that you mentioned how it's actually mentally healthy to allow our doubts mm-hmm. when they come up. I spoke to that very point in episode four of my podcast from last fall sometime. Mm-hmm. And it really does affect 
our mental health. If we are denying our doubts, if we are not allowing our questions, I mean, we do it because it's a coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. However, it can prevent us from overcoming our problems. It can prevent us from progress. Yes. So to be in denial when it comes to questions of faith, to not acknowledge them is to kind of not acknowledge that uncertainty exists, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's like denying this true connection with reality, with you, with mm-hmm. real you. And that can take a toll on one's psyche over time. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of fear that comes along with that practice of denying the exploration and the opportunity to explore. There's a lot of fear because they don't want to know what the answer might be. And interestingly enough, though, more often than not, when I have explored my doubts and I've leaned into allowance and I've made room for it, I tend to circle back to what's most in alignment for me and mm-hmm. and the things that I value and that are reflective of my character and my core being. And we're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to practice our agency. We're here to have experiences. And if we don't allow for some room of exploration and doubt and then reconciliation, when we, mm-hmm. we reach our answers, we're denying ourselves of growth opportunities. I agree. And what you just described is like the perfect example of what it means to be human, to just experience that human existence of thinking, weighing things out, reasoning things, studying the pros and the cons, Mm -hmm. going through that decision-making process that is the essence of growth. We don't grow with it. And so it actually makes more sense to me that we would not just have questions and doubts, but just welcome them. Yes. Allow them with open arms. I agree. And it doesn't mean that you're any less faithful or that you're any less intelligent or capable, right? If anything, what you're doing is you're asking more of yourself in the most difficult of circumstances. You're asking more of yourself because you're you're trying to dig in and do the work uh-huh. to really align yourself with what is true. So I want to go back to a phrase you keep saying, and that is, I come back to what feels right for me. I move forward in alignment because I knew that was what was right for me. We do thought work Mm -hmm. as coaches, and that's really important. When it comes to matters of faith, I have found that mind-heart connection is so critical, that mind-physical-body-soul connection, so that we can truly come into alignment with what our next steps are in our path. Sometimes we'll use phrases like, what does your heart tell you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or connect with your inner self? Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that is like for you when you're saying, I just knew that was the right thing for me? Personally? Yeah, absolutely. Living in, a, in misalignment is miserable. It it's is. absolutely miserable. It's like being on this fence and sometimes you're, you know, 50% in one direction and then 50% in another direction. and Really, that is, in my opinion, the truest form of self-betrayal, to not be in alignment with yourself. I agree. It's painful. It's it's excruciatingly painful. Mm -hmm. And yet I wanted my life to be what I had hoped it would be. I wanted my marriage to be what I had hoped it would be. And it wasn't. So here I was trying to reconcile and make 
pieces fit together that really just didn't fit together. How did this show up in my life? Let me tell you. Well, my kids are incredibly disciplined, refined, amazing children because I was like a 10 out of a 10 when it came to my mothering skills. I mean, (laughs) they're all overachievers. I'm an overachiever. And I had poured my heart and soul into raising these wonderful children. Just to, to give you an example, my oldest is a classically trained pianist. And that does not happen by accident. No. (laughs) But on the flip side of that, so not only was I pouring all my time and energy into a different space in my life because I was unhappy, I was also self-sabotaging in many ways too because of my unhappiness. I was overeating. I was overeating terrible foods and I became hardly functional because the pain inside was so great and I was trying to use food to compensate for it. And that's, of course, never going to work. Mm -mm. But I was in denial. I was in denial and I hadn't really reconciled my truth. So we choose all these alternate ways of trying to ignore that sliver that's just below the surface of our skin. And sometimes it festers and it becomes agitated. And rather than addressing it, we just hope it goes away or we put a bandaid over and pretend it's not there. But it never goes away until we really, really address it. And so, Coming into that truth for myself and creating alignment for myself was stepping away from self-sabotage and also the lies I would tell myself. Truthfully, the lies I would tell myself and the betrayal that I was experiencing because I was denying my truth. Can I ask you a question? Why do you think you are telling yourself those lies? Because we hope for something better, right? Mm -hmm. We desire the best potential outcome. And in my mind, in that time, the best potential outcome was still to be married Mm -hmm. and to fit into this framework and not experience Mm -hmm. divorce, not put my children through divorce, not be, quote, a divorced woman. Yeah. And back then, I must have associated with a lot of shame and judgment with it because I was fighting so hard to stay within this framework that wasn't working. And now I know so much differently and I know so much better. I get that. So talk a little bit about you, you've mentioned that you, you decided your place was to stay firmly planted in your faith community. Yes. Talk a little bit about what was, that was like. Did you feel comfortable bringing up your concerns, your questions, your doubts in a, with your faith community, whether that's one-on-one or maybe in a group or class setting? And I mean, whether it's in or outside of the church building doesn't really matter either. Yeah. Tell a little bit about that. You know, initially, no, I wasn't comfortable in articulating my doubts and speaking to the realities of what was going on Mm -hmm. and what my considerations were. Because sometimes you will, first off, you fear rejection. We don't want to be isolated and we all want to belong. Right. We don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. We don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. So yeah, I had fear and doubt around that. And of course, if I was expressing that there were problems and that I was unhappy, then I wasn't measuring up to this standard of perfection. I was falling short. Yeah. At least that's the story I told myself. And so I tell people all the time, no one truly knows what's going on within a marriage behind closed doors. They truly don't know the dynamics that are at play. We just don't advertise. We don't advertise our struggle. We don't advertise our pain. We don't advertise conflict because we feel like we're the only ones experiencing it. And that's such a lie. 
And so, I think yeah. we, we believe that because we don't talk about it. Correct. Correct. And that is why I'm such a proponent of creating safe spaces. So I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and finish. And then I have a follow-up question. Sure. So yeah, were, was I reserved? Absolutely. And, yeah. and in part also for the protection of my children. That's totally understandable. I get that. Yes. My doubts, my fears, mm-hmm. my insecurities certainly were mine, but there's a ripple effect. And so I wanted to be incredibly thoughtful to my children. And then when I finally did come into a place where I was like, hey, this is going to happen and I am going to move forward in this space of divorce and I am also going to participate in my faith and still show up and be engaged, I took a very clear position and this is exactly what I truly said. (laughs) Megan, I was Relief Society president when my divorce started. I announced my own divorce in ward council. (laughs) Okay. And of course, my bishop was in the loop and he understood where I was at and what I needed to do. But I truly said, my partner and I will be parting ways. This is something that is mutually agreeable. We are wishing each other the very best because that's what we desire for one another and, and also for our children. And there will be nothing exciting to speak about at the water fountain. And, <laughs> and I literally said nothing more. And how, did, said, how did that go? <laughs> it, it just did. I mean, Good. I took the lead in setting the tone and I wanted to make it crystal clear that there would be no conversations around it because it was no one else's business. Good for you. Good for you for taking those reins. Thank you. And I'm sure you help your clients move in that direction as well to keep their power, hold their own story. It's not anyone else's business. Yeah. And nor are explanations required. I do not know, owe anyone an explanation other than myself, God, and if I choose to, my children. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts. I mentioned creating safe spaces. What do you think would have contributed to you feeling more safe or more inclined to share some of your genuine concerns, your genuine questions and, and doubts that were coming up for you? especially during the heat, during the probably the most intense part of mm-hmm. this experience for you? I think more open-ended conversations, more latitude for lifestyles, choices, experiences that don't fall within this cookie cutter framework. And you mentioned it earlier so beautifully. You said, you know, we need to make room for more normalization around these subjects, whether it's divorce or identifying in a different way or choosing not to have children. Right. Mm -hmm. Choosing not to have or choosing to remain single or. Yes. And I think a really important thing to distinguish in my, in the community that I work with, the one thing that is different is for them, it is not a choice. It is Mm -hmm. part of their identity. It's how Mm -hmm. they feel on the inside. And Mm -hmm. that can be a whole nother conversation. But I just think it's important Mm -hmm. to, to know that it's not something they're choosing. It's it's a part of who they are. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. traditionally, LGBTQ folks have been narrowed down to just the topic of sex when really it's all about who they are as a person, their likes, sure. their dislikes, their talents, their abilities, their gifts, their inclinations, their sure. interests, all of those things. But anyway, get thousand percent, I am on board <laughs> with this idea of just creating wider spaces, wider, just more room for Mm -hmm. diversity. Yes. 
for hearing and listening to experiences that do not, that you can't necessarily relate to, but you could certainly learn from and, and allow show for. compassion for and allow for and allow for and show right. compassion for uh-huh. and not allow for it mm-hmm. in spite of, or mm-hmm. because I'm supposed to, but just allow for it because they're a human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. worthy of love. Yeah. Something I keep in mind and I share often is God knew all of this before he sent us down to this earth. Mm-hmm. He knew all of these experiences would come into place and come into play while we were figuring out how to find our purpose and live and honor our life's mission. Divorce is no surprise to God. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? Yeah. And so just opening the conversation a little wider and then rather than talking about the framework of being traditionally married and being happy for forever, being like, we will experience marriage and not all marriages are going to be forever. Just kind of opening the blinds a little bit lighter so the wider so we can have more light come on to these subjects and these conversations because the fact of the matter is is not every marriage is going to last forever yeah you know and i had a thought as you were sharing just now in the same way i mentioned earlier that not allowing mm-hmm. doubts mm-hmm. and questions actually mm-hmm. is detrimental to mental health it yes it it keeps us from progressing i think it damns our progression And in the same way, in your case, had you not followed what was aligned for you, Mm -hmm, that could mm -hmm. very well have significantly damned your progression. Yes. And those in your life. Interestingly enough, each of my children have come to me at one point or another, independent of their sibling, and they have all acknowledged how far happier I am as a woman, as a mother, as a human. Now that I am in this space of being single than when I was married. Isn't that amazing? I did my best to be a blessing to my children while we were in the framework of marriage. Mm-hmm. And yet I wasn't able to, to really show up a hundred percent because I was experiencing so much struggle and, and unhappiness. So to me, when I hear that, it's just a confirmation that your choice, which was in alignment with your journey with what you felt was best for you mm-hmm. it wasn't detrimental to their life, their progress, their experience, right? It's mm-hmm. part of your journey. Yes. can also be part of theirs in a positive way, in a healthy way. Yes. It's been difficult and I won't, I don't want to shy away yeah. from the truthfulness of that. It has been difficult. Has it been detrimental? I don't think so. I think my kids are able to appreciate that, you know what? I really am a person. Mm-hmm. I don't have it all figured out just because I wear the title of mom. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to have it all figured out, mm-hmm. even though I wear the title of mom. And do they wish it probably could have been different? I am sure. I am sure they wish it could have been different because our choices do impact others. So detrimental, I don't want to say that that's the case, but difficult, yes. And I think they're very different things, very, very different. And there's really not much in life that we're going to experience that doesn't have its difficult parts. And even our children are not immune from struggle. And I think it's good for them. Honestly, I think it's a gift that you have given them, Samantha, by showing up as you. Thank you. Because there will come a day where that opportunity is laid before them. Absolutely. 100%. to choose what feels aligned for them Mm -hmm. or to choose what they think 
others, fill in the blank who others could be referring to, right? But the time will come when they get to choose. Mm-hmm. And, and they, what you, yeah, they will have to make difficult decisions as well yeah. in order to live the life yeah. that they want to live. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I have loved our conversation. One question I always like to ask my guests to kind of wrap it up is what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? That's a a phrase that we use. Well, the phrase that we use in a faith community is, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. And and my title is a play on that. Mm -hmm. Trying to push doubt out of this shadow, that it's not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually, let's put it in the sunlight and see the positive things here. So what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? Being true to myself, first and foremost, being true to myself. And that also means being true to what I believe God wants for me and how I want to connect with my God, my God, because it's a personal relationship. It's no one else's relationship. And so I just got chills. (laughs) (laughs) Being true to me. When I am true to me, I am a far more, a greater blessing to others. And in the spirit of wanting to love, lift, serve, and be an example of goodness to others, I can only do that when I am true to me. So stepping away from my doubts and stepping out of the shadows and owning my voice and allowing myself to shine in my truest version is moving beyond that shadow of doubt. I love it. I love that so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just for funsies, I didn't tell you this in my email I sent. I have just a few questions I love. It's just for us to get to know you a little better. Sure. Just requires one two-word response. That's it. You bet. Tell us your favorite book. Oh, goodness. Right now, it's Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. Okay. Love it. I will note it. I will take note of that. Wonderful. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert, 100%. I think I knew that. <laughs> Your favorite artist? Ooh, for a musical artist right now, I would say, okay, it's Adele. And awesome. I also am really loving a lot of the ABBA music from way back when, like oh, Dancing fun. Queen. <laughs> I have loved ABBA since I was like four years old. It's great. <laughs> okay, are you a night owl or a morning lark? Oh, I am transitioning into nurturing that morning light lark side <laughs> of my personality. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to check back with you and see how that's going. I'm working very diligently to previous like... Previous attempts on my end, uh-uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm working very diligently so to like get into that morning flow and, and really love my mornings. Do you have a celebrity crush? Ooh, Matt Damon is awfully cute. Yeah. I, could, yeah, I would agree. say yes to dinner with Matt Damon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's great. Are you uh, still or carbonated water or are you soda? I am a Diet Coke drinker. Okay. Yeah. I am. I am too. I love yes. my diet soda. Yeah, Furthest, I do too. <laughs> I see that. Yep. You've got your glass right there. Yes, uh, I am. For this, for this place you've traveled. Wow. I honestly wouldn't know in miles. I am lucky to say that I have traveled a lot. I've been to London, Peru. I did Machu Picchu in Peru. I've been Fun. to Costa Rica. So I. Not Costa um, Rica. I've done Machu Picchu. I've been to Germany. I, I really count my blessings that I've Fun. You're a girl after my own heart. I love to travel too. Yes. Well, finally, tell 
our guests where they can connect with you, where they can find you about any offers that you have for them. Thank you, Megan. Sure. The best way to reach me is to either visit my webpage, which is moderndaydivorce.com or to connect with me on Instagram. Of course, that's at modern.day.divorce. I have those little dots in between. Uh Um, That was just a necessity because the other one was taken. Gotcha. So that is the best way to reach me. I post a lot of free content on my webpage. I post a lot of free content through my Instagram and I engage with my people when they reach out, I reach back. So feel free to drop me a question or a comment if you have one. And then presently, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is that I'm running a course, um, an online course that is entitled Advocate Like an Expert. Advocating for yourself is such an important skill. It's one of my superpowers. Because of the nature of my situation and the nature of my divorce, I am a powerhouse when it comes to advocating. So I have, it. I have a free training that's a 10-minute training on my website that has a complimentary worksheet. But then if people want to take it to the next level, I do have a paid course that they can enroll in and learn more and really figure out how to ad- advocate like an expert for themselves as well. I love it. That's great. So, thank you. Thank and... You. And I'll just throw this in because you're probably too modest to mention. I'm really excited for you to be speaking at women's conference in about a week or so. Yes. Yes. BYU's women's conference. I'm excited. Hopefully, this will publish before that. We'll see. Well, and I appreciate the opportunity. What a blessing it's been to be with you today. I I know that you will be a blessing to them. I've loved having you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Megan. So fun. You're the best. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces. It is a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Please send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.com. I invite you to help my podcast grow by following, rating, and reviewing it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please share it with friends and loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe at meganskidmorecoaching.com to get my free 20-page LGBTQ plus resource guide for family. And you can also access my free pronouns 101 guide. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm.